Welcome to In Discussion. Our guest today, James Yunan, former Iraqi national, now U.S. citizen, provides a multicultural perspective of our world from Eastern Iraq to Western society. Welcome to In Discussion. This is David Gibbons. I am very pleased to welcome today James Yunan. James Yunan is a former Iraqi national, now a U.S. citizen, who fled Iraq in 1982. And he uh, fled from political persecution uh, to land in Italy and has an amazing story to um, to tell us today about his life uh, since uh, leaving Iraq, uh, having been a U.S. citizen ever since. James, welcome. Thank you very much, David. Thank you for having me at your show. You are welcome, James. Can you tell me a bit about uh, that initial period in Iraq? Um, what was it that led your family and yourself to make the decision to, to flee Baghdad? Yes. Um, well, I'm an older brother of uh, three other brothers and two sisters and uh, with a father and, and a mother. And uh, being uh, the oldest, I, uh, of course, wanted to continue my education to be a good example for uh, my brothers and sisters. But uh, the regime, that uh, an Iraqi regime with um, uh, certain political parties such as uh, Al-Ba'ath Party, um, they forced us to be members of their, um, you know, their party. And, of course, I did not want to focus in on my school. And... Um, at the end, they began to really become very strong at us, and they want us truly to either be part of them or carry persecution. Well, they didn't know that this was a persecution within itself. So um, um, later on, uh, we, um, we decided to leave because also the war had started between Iran and Iraq. So we knew this war is going to be take a long time, and we all know it took about eight years. So we decided to leave. We needed to... Uh, better ourselves, we needed a better education, uh, we needed to live free. What, uh, <coughs> now, eight, 1982 marked the beginning of the Iraq-Iran conflict. Mm -hmm. That's true. What was it, um, what was it that you had to, you had to go through to actually uh, uh, get out of Baghdad itself? And, and how did you get across the border? It was a, a difficult task for us to do that. Um, I wasn't yet 18 years old, so that made it a bit easier. However, um, we had to get our uh, visas because we wanted to go to Italy. So we had our visas back in Iraq. Uh, at that time, my aunt used to work for an Italian embassy, so that wasn't hard to obtain the visas. But to travel, we couldn't fly from Iraq. There was no fly zone. There was no flight time at that time. And we had to drive throughout the whole night through the, the desert between Iraq and Jordan. And with total stranger people, you know, the driver and other drivers, they come along. And we were, we were scared. We were terrified. And, and uh, you were 17 at this And day. I was 17. My father wasn't with us. So it was me, my mother, and my uh, five brothers and sisters, you know, three brothers and two sisters. So we were worried. We were worried. But um, we got to Jordan safe, and uh, we got to the airport right away, and we flew to uh, Italy. What was the reason that your father had to stay behind? Well, there are many reasons. Uh, one main reason was as you travel through the desert, there are checkpoints that you have to stop and, uh, you know, the government of Iraq will check on you and see where you're going, what's the purpose, what's the reason, and on and on. 
Um, if my father would have been with us, that's the whole family leaving, and that would bring a red flag that they may not come back, you see. So my father had to stay back, and um, then he, he caught up with us here in America. When we went to Italy, he wasn't able to leave right away. So when we came to America, uh, he went to Italy, and the same route he took. So I understand that you um, landed in Italy, uh, you, for uh, a, a lot of reasons, you could not work, mm-hmm. uh, and you, um, essentially, after applying to many different agencies, finished up at the American Embassy, mm-hmm. where they granted you asylum. Absolutely, with they, your with your family, uh, and and then you um, managed to f- uh, find your way to the United States. Yes. Uh, what was it? Do you think that? the United States saw in you and your family that those other countries did not that you applied to? I think they they understood that these young children would have a better opportunity to make uh, for them a good life in America. And they would be grown up in America at early age. And that way they will uh, adopt to the lifestyle much easier than if they were been a lot older. So I believe that they saw these things and, and, and uh, they looked to help us by all means. And um, there was no obstacles, none whatsoever. Uh, they saw that there is seven people, a mother and six children, wants a better life, want the freedom of, of religion, for example, freedom of uh, um, any way you look at it. We're young children who did not know much and we didn't have an opportunities in Iraq and we were under persecution while we were in Iraq so they put all these things together knowing that if we get here at early age to the states that is then we would establish our you know future you had an amazing uh, uh, journey here James you uh, you came to America you you learned uh, Eng- the English language correct um, you you went uh, through these uh, various uh, uh, jobs and uh, finding it terribly difficult to be able to look after your family. I'm taking it that you were the sole provider for your family. Yes, I was at that time. I was. Uh, and, and clearly, uh, according to your biography, um, you uh, got into the wrong crowd, as it were, um, changed your life uh, and, and became a boxer. Yes. Uh, in the local neighborhood. Can, yes. you, can you tell me about that? How, how did that come about? How did that make you well, feel? What happened was, what, what got me to start with boxing was I got um, into a fight, wasn't intended to get into a fight. I was talking to someone and threw a punch at me and broke my jaw four places. I should be frightened right yeah, now. Well, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, what happened was, after the doctors did a miraculous job on my, uh, on my jaw, they put it together perfectly well, I decided to go. There was a neighborhood gym, a boxing gym, back in the uh, Chicago area. Um, I wanted to learn how to self-defense because I knew if someone would break my jaw this time, then the healing process was going to take even longer, probably won't even be healed. But little to know that I was built for it. And uh, the coach, of course, saw that I was uh, an aggressive enough to be putting me in the ring. And next thing you know, I'm a very noticed fighter around my neighborhood. And uh, it, was, it was a great journey. As I went and learned so much, not only to protect myself, but knowing how to walk away from fights now because I have enough confidence in myself that I can simply say, thank you, you're right, I'm back. 
And you went on from there and uh, lectured kids in school. Yes, as being famous in the neighborhood, um, young children would come around, give me high five, high champ, high champ. And within that time, um, the motto came out, say no to drugs, if you remember that. So uh, I got uh, together with uh, certain elementary schools and... uh, I was a speaker uh, to them, to these young crowd, uh, beautiful kids with, with shining eyes, beautiful, innocent kids, and would train them, uh, actually taught them not to get involved. Don't be like me. Um, just be a better person than I am. Just simply say no to drugs, say no to gangs. This lifestyle is not good. Learn and understand, you know, uh, follow your parents' guidance and stuff. You know, it was beautiful. Uh, no, you you went on uh, to find a great friend who who asked you this question if you had read the Bible, yes. uh, and you you indicated that you had, except that you you had not covered the Old Testament, and you. I was about to say that you became a Christian, but of course you were not, were you? You already were a Christian. I was born. And, and, and that was partly the reason why you had to exit Iraq. Right. As being a Christian in Iraq, uh, the persecution did not come direct to us at that time. Although we see it today, they're burning churches, they're killing people just because they are Christians. They're believing that this is a holy war that we're, that America is doing in, in Iraq. And that's not true. We already know that we're liberating Iraq and we've done a great job. And uh, I totally am for that. Um, As being Christian, if I wanted to become a doctor, for example, I would have to score much higher percentage in my tests than of a person who's an Arab person. Uh, Mind you, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm Assyrian. You know, I come from the Assyrian Babylonian lineage, and they are Arabs. They are Muslims. I'm Christian. Life was much easier for them than mine was. I was always an outcast, not only me, and I'm talking about the Assyrians and the Babylonians, you know, the Assyrians and the Chaldeans of today. So we had that kind of persecution. And um, when this friend of mine asked me at work, have you read the Bible? I said, yes, but not the Old Testament. He said, how come? Well, I wanted to say because it's a Jewish book. The Jewish men wrote it, little that I know. I didn't know much. So I said, everything that was written in the Old Testament is an Assyrian book. They stole these information (laughs) and uh, put their own information for their benefits. They even changed the names. So he got back to me and he said, okay, as you read the Old Testament and you come to the uh, Jewish name, just turn it into an Assyrian name. Use Sargon, use uh, uh, Shamiran, use Ashur, use these king's names and people that, that they lived at that time. And don't think that for one second I didn't do that. I did just that. And I don't know if it was a voice, but a thought came to my mind, not within myself, it was outside of me, saying, you're either going going to have to read this book the way that it is, or just toss it away and don't bother with it. So I began to study it. I began to study it the way that it is. And um, I continued on from that moment on, and um, there we are. Now, looking back at that journey, you've been here since 1982. Correct. Is there anything in you that would like to take you back to Iraq? Let me state an example. Um, I had the great pleasure of of talking to a lady by the name of Sarah uh, Terry 
recently who covered the aftermath of the Bosnia conflict. Mm -hmm. And the most uh, overwhelming thing to her was that people wanted to come back to their home. They wanted to be where they were brought up, uh, despite the huge genocide that took place. Is that the case with you, or or is it that you are so well-grounded here in the States that you don't have that need to return? Um, there is a small, very slim part of me, very small part of me keeps on reminding me this is the, that is the land of your ancestors. You belong to the Assyrian Empire, but now that is in the past. What is it left of it? It's nothing. I don't have home in Iraq. Now, as... In, as you know, I came here young. My brothers are younger. My sisters are even younger. We grew up here. This becomes our home. Uh, I don't think I have any interest, none whatsoever, to actually go and live back in Iraq. Um, I grew up here. I uh, had um, become an American as uh, an American could ever be. You know? What are your feelings about the conditions in which the world finds itself now? The the 10-year war between Iraq and Iran was, to my mind, so senseless. We went through a desert storm. Uh, now in 2003, uh, we went in and liberated Iraq. Uh, what are your feelings during those years, especially recently? How do you see Iraq uh, recreating itself or rebirthing itself? Or, or mm -hmm. do you think that perhaps it's not? David, if you go back to study the history of Iraq from its beginning, had wars and a lot of conflict was, was growing into Iraq. Even way back in the history, this was the situation with Iraq. Iraq has not yet seen rest time. Uh, people came and people left. People were born and people had died. Yet they're all what they know is a problem in, in Iraq, uh, political issues or wars or whatever that, that they have. Um, what we have done in Iraq to liberate Iraq, it's a magnificent job, had never happened in the history of Iraq at all. However, it takes time. These people, they have been... Uh, pretty much lived in such a society and were given them a different role to live. Now, you lived under fear. You lived under the ugliness of, of for example, Saddam Hussein's regime. Um, now we're giving you a freedom that you could actually exercise and live it. Uh, you can make it different now. They didn't have that. Two brothers couldn't even speak their minds about Saddam Hussein. They were afraid one would tell on the other. Today, they have totally different freedom. They have totally different. They had many chances right now, but it takes time, David. I think uh, a little bit that I know. I think it takes a whole generation for the fruits of what we're doing in Iraq today to take its, its place. Let me put this to you. Um, it seems to me that these cultures, uh, these countries have never invaded our soil. I'm trying to get their perspective. I'm not suggesting that anything is right or wrong here. But we invaded them on the premise that they had weapons of mass destruction, which certainly at this stage seems to have been dismissed. Uh, how do uh, Muslim people see that paradigm? Um, 
Yes, we've liberated, uh, and surely uh, uh, the Western powers, uh, by their history, are, are, are used to doing that. But to the Iraqi people now, do you not think that they think, well, this has gone beyond liberation, this is now occupation, and it's now possibly making it worse? I mean, the conditions over there seem, frankly, right. dreadful. Well, you get to understand... Uh, Things didn't work out the way that we planned to work out in Iraq. I, I'm sure that we went with a different attitude than we're having today. Um, for example, when we went and liberated Iraq, the Iraqi people were extremely happy, and uh, the TV speaks about that. The history could show us all that. Um, what happened was since we were not able to rebuild Iraq the way that we wanted to, and that's because of a hunger of a rich man, I believe, the strong wanted to remain stronger. Uh, what that happened is it, it, it broke the heart of the Iraqi people. They couldn't see these bridges being built. They couldn't see these trees being fixed. We couldn't get water to the villages the way that we wanted to. Um, and that's from the beginning. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. Not because we don't have the means for it or, or, or the ability to do it. We can. But now in Iraq, we have so many uh, parties that they're against the Americans and, and our allies to rebuild Iraq. For example, we have Al-Qaeda over there. We have the, uh, the Islamic movement that's over there. Uh, we have uh, many uh, parties that they want to uh, just kick us out of Iraq completely so they can take over and bring Iraq to the same exact way that it was even, if not worse, than Saddam Hussein. Uh, are there some um, cultures or, or uh, sects <coughs> in Iraq who are beginning to question whether it was better under Saddam Hussein than it is now? Yes, absolutely. Is we that not a worrying point? It is a worrying to some extent, but these people, uh, they're looking at today. They're not looking at the future. Well, I mean, surely uh, uh, a generation of the elders of today, um, they must feel rather concerned that they cannot themselves... Uh, appreciate and, and take benefit of the, the fruits of that labor of this mm -hmm. this uh, mass liberation right. and that possibly they have to wait another uh, one or two generations to, to really see any results. Well, what I don't understand... Which, which is an irony. Well, right? absolutely. What I don't understand, David, is that they have the, the, they have a chance to help. They have a chance to pitch in within their own time. Uh, they have what it takes to speed up this process for a better Iraq. But they do not want to do anything. They want everything to be handed to them. Remember, when you have a person who lived under fear, he still, he or she, are still under fear. It's not easy to take a person completely out of fear and give them a new life and they accept it. So what is the fear that they're facing right now? It's not only from one man as it was before Saddam Hussein. Now it is from many sector, from many parties, from many people that they do not want uh, uh, to to better Iraq. For example, um, we do have people that they are uh, Iraqi locals, Iraqi nationals who help our Amer you know, our our forces in Iraq. Uh, but if the neighboring knows that this individual is working with America, they will kill him and kill his family. So the individual is, is being afraid to help out to better Iraq. There is still fear in there. Now, why is that? I still don't know. What is the, the reason for it? Are, are there any instances uh, in, in your immediate family or uh, indeed extended family where 
uh, people are being kidnapped, uh, yes, taken for ransom? Absolutely. My cousin uh, was kidnapped, and um, we had a phone call telling us here that they need $60,000 to release my cousin. Now, the claim was, you are a terrorist to my cousin. <clears throat> this is Iraqi, the, 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 um, the bad people, and I'm talking about the terrorists had kidnapped my, my cousin. And he stated, listen, I've been living in this house for so long. I'm, I'm here, you know. You don't know me because you're not from here. Now you need money to release me for what reason? I'm an Iraqi. Uh, he's, a, he's an engineer, you know. Um, and I build Iraq. I try to do good for the Iraq. I've been doing it all my life. And now you're abducting me. You're, you're, you're pretty much taking me away from my family for ransom, for money. I don't have that much money to give you. So finally, the agreement went down to $30,000, and thank God that they were able to uh, pay, and they released them. Um, earlier today, me and you, we had met this individual who had his, uh, what was it, his aunt was actually, an, uh, since May, she's been abducted, you know, and they have not released her yet. We don't know if she's alive or if she's dead. I mean, I, I hope she's still alive. We, we just don't know. And these are many cases that the Christians were persecuted by the terrorist people in Iraq. The, not only that, uh, they went as far as uh, uh, bombing churches. You know, they would go into church, call all the people out. Not necessarily want to kill the people at this, uh, in this incident. This one incident happened that they called all the people out of the, 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 the church and got the neighboring homes away from their homes and they put a car in there and they bombed it. They just bombed the car just so they can destroy the church, you know. No now are you are you telling me that this is a becoming a religious battle now rather than a political battle Most of people believe that most of no. people think that America is a Christian country that it has taken over Iraq which is a Muslim country and I think that was one of the purposes that Saddam Hussein had to put on the flag of Iraq Allahu Akbar meaning God is greater uh, there were three stars that he removed the three green stars and he put name Allah, which is God, Akbar, greater. And he wanted to call all the Islamic nations to go against America and our allies. It doesn't seem ironic that that in the case, and we were talking about this earlier before the program, mm -hmm. that with uh, Palestine and Israel, it, it really is a land issue. Absolutely. Uh, and, Absolutely. Yet, and yet here it is not. Um, Tell me about the cultural makeup here. I think for a lot of us, we don't understand the makeup of Iraq itself. Right. What are the factions? Um, it, it's somewhat simplified for us in Afghanistan. But mm -hmm. there, there seems to be uh, uh, um, a, a very simplified makeup there. But tell me about Iraq. Um, obviously, in Saddam's time, um, he did not persecute the Christians. But then again, you say he still made them outcasts in society. He did in an indirect way, absolutely. So what is it that we see today? Uh, what are the internal conflicts in Iraq? Uh, right now, um, it, it's a very good question. It could go different avenues to answer this question. Iraqi people, uh, 2003, they had uh, two channels, two TV channels. Right now they have over 250. 
uh, not too many people had computers at their homes. Now each and every home just about have a computer. Cell phones, they didn't know what I had. If you were caught with a cell phone, you were considered a spy <laughs> at, at the time of Saddam Hussein. Iraqi people, uh, besides their religion, and I'm speaking of Iraqi people alone, um, they're good people. They're beautiful people. They love one another. I have not yet seen any Arabic country within the 22 nations, the Islamic Arabic countries, as good and well put together as Iraqi people. Why? Because of their culture, because of their backgrounds, because of their tradition. They care for one another. They respect one another. If you don't have uh, uh, eggs and you go knock at your neighbor's doors, they will cook it for you. Not only give you eggs, but they will cook it for you. They will make bread for you if you don't have any bread. They have that culture. It's a beautiful culture. Arabic culture is wonderful. But if you take the Arabic culture and mix it with, with, with Islamic faith, and I'm not necessarily speaking about the Muslim people, but if you mix the Arabic culture with the Islamic faith, that's when it becomes dangerous. That's when it becomes because you're a Christian, you're dirty, I ought to get rid of you, destroy you, so your free spirit will be released. See, and I'm not speaking of every Iraqi person. There are certain people that they truly believe in that. Uh, those people, they dominate in Iraq today. Those people who are so... Uh, 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 fanatic in their faith that they just want to kill if you're not a Muslim. As a matter of fact, not only that, I'll take this a little bit further. Um, there are Shiite Muslims and then Sunni Muslims. At the time of Saddam, the Shiites were under persecution like there's no tomorrow since, since uh, Saddam was Sunni. Um, they've done a lot of things. Now, if it wasn't only him, his children, Uday and Qusay, as they grew up, they were actually uh, uh, condemning and destroying and killing the Shiite Muslims. Now, the table is turned around. Now, the Shiites are in control. Now, there's a war conflict between them. So they're not only persecuting the Christians, but they're persecuting each other because of the religious belief. But as far as culture, as far as people, they are totally wonderful. You would enjoy uh, their hospitality. They have a beautiful way of hospitality. They, they just, if you're walking into an Iraqi home and you had just had your dinner, you're full. And if you don't eat there, they get offended. They think that there's something wrong with their food. They don't understand that you're full. You don't want to eat. They think that it's just a cultural thing. So they force you to at least eat a little bit. And that's wonderful. That's beautiful. Well, if there was a referendum in Iraq tomorrow on the decision for the Western forces to pull out or not, what, what do you think that the result of that would be? It would be a chaos. Because, as I mentioned earlier, there are many different people in Iraq. There are many interests of the neighboring countries that they want to take over Iraq. And the biggest one is Iran. Iran wants to take over Iraq. And you have Saudi Arabia's interest that they want to have in Iraq. You have Turkey's interest that they want to have interest in Iraq. Iraq is a very, very, very rich country. Its soil is, is beautiful. They have oil that could take care of the whole world, pretty well, much. Well, of course, there, there are uh, commentators out there who would say the only reason that, that we invaded was because of oil. I, <laughs> I, I certainly think that there are uh, bigger issues, and I think that's certainly uh, um, not the correct way to, to look at it uh, completely. We're suffering but, as well. If we were taking their oil and using it, we would not be suffering. <laughs> well, I guess the point I was getting to here is... It's an awful strain 
on the United States and allies to continue this liberation. Mm -hmm. How long is it going to take before these different uh, sects um, begin to work with each other, if, if indeed they will ever? Mm. Uh, because it, 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 is it not just draining this country and other countries of all its resources? Absolutely it is. Um, Iraqi people, um, because of their background, excuse me, they had a, a big history background that the Shiite Muslims, they would want to destroy the Sunni Muslims. And they both are Muslims and vice versa. And not only that, you bring political interests that other countries want to take over Iraq. So what they do, they will create even more uh, uh, trouble or problems in Iraq that would never settle. We're there trying to maintain Iraq to the Iraqi people. Iraqi people need to wake up and say no to the neighboring countries. And I mean as one unity. And they need to embrace what America is doing there. Once America sees that Iraqi people are taking care of themselves, they don't need us no longer there, then we would definitely have to pull out. I mean, if we pull out right now, what good have we done? All our soldiers that they died, all our civilian contracts that they had died, they would be died. It's, it's in vain. All that would be gone away as if nothing had happened. Not only that, millions of people will die also as a result that they were not there anymore. Well, so. with, with all that said, being uh, from Iraq, do you have any viewpoint on how this can be solved? Because surely this cannot go on forever. I mean, the, the history tells us that, that this has been uh, forever mm -hmm. continuing. Mm -hmm. What are the real solutions? What are the solutions that, that we here in the States should be waking up to, perhaps, that we're not seeing, that, that somebody like yourself or people in Iraq see, but they cannot articulate? If I have an answer for that question, David, I would have been the wealthiest man on the face <laughs> of this earth. <laughs> it, it takes a lot of education, a lot of awakening, a lot of personality change. Um, America is doing that. They're trying to help the leaders of Iraq to follow a guideline, follow the Constitution, follow the law. The problem is they have to believe that united, they're stronger. One hand would not clap and needs another one that they can make the noise. So if they work together, but how possible is that as of right now? It's, it's most likely that, that won't happen. Um, they need to know that they're a human being before that they are what they are as far as religious people or as far as their beliefs. And that goes for everyone. You know, we have the Kurds uh, of north of Iraq. We have the Christians that are scattered all over Iraq, especially that they have moved now. They moved from, from south and, and, and the middle of Iraq up to north Iraq. Uh, and we have the, the Shiite Muslims. We have the Sunni Muslims. And we have other, other, other beliefs. There are people who don't believe in the existence of God. They're just atheists. That's, as long as they learn how to to live together, just like we do it here in America. Well, it, it, so clearly it's a melting pot. And there was some speculation after the 2003 invasion that perhaps Iraq may be split up to cater for those different uh, religions. Do you think that that's practical? Mm, I don't see it happening. They won't allow that. The Iraqi people won't allow that. Uh, however, the Kurds of northern Iraq, that they have already drawn their map, 
the Kurdistan map. And they're saying, this is our land. We have our own government. We take care of it. And believe it or not, if we go, me and you, we walk in the streets of, for example, Dehok or Erbil. These are places of the north, uh, northwest uh, of Iraq or uh, Orzakh, even a little bit uh, further than Dehok and, and uh, certain places up north, Sleimania. We would walk as if like there's no war here. It's peaceful. They're building it. They're making it beautiful. It looks gorgeous. And, and isn't that that is that not a huge contrast compared to uh, ten years ago when the the Kurds were being bombed out of existence well, of by course. Saddam? Of course, the chemical that they used and they killed uh, the, the Halabja, the place of of the northwest of Iraq, um, the village was just got dissolved. They just got killed because of the chemicals that Saddam had used on young children, old women, old men. Um, what was the reason behind it? I really cannot really say. There's political reasons over it. There's many reasons that the Kurds wanted to take over or they have allowed the Iranians to sneak through. I, I, there are many stories out there, but do I really know the right answer for that? No, I have no idea. But no matter what the reason was, it was extremely wrong to annihilate it the way that they, that they died. You know, young children had no faults in it. Women had no faults in it. Old men had no, no, none of them, they were supposed to be died this way. And that's what really, there's a lot of cr cry in Iraq. The cry from north, the Kurds, the cry of the Shiites throughout the south of, uh, and, and the mid of Iraq. So we responded to that calling. And now those who ask us to go there and help, they're becoming against, they are against us, see? So we're there, we have an extreme difficult task at hands. As Americans have a big time task in, in our hands. And it takes time because you can work with certain people and all of a sudden you have to work different. It's just you cannot show them this is the way, follow it and you'll be fine. It well, doesn't work like that. You, you have to wonder though, don't you? <clears throat> are we trying to infuse Western thinking uh, Western society in into Iraq and Afghanistan that, that could just never be achieved? You know, many people might think that, but if you look into the Constitution of Iraq, it is extremely close to the Constitution of America. Very close. They are human beings, we are human beings. They have pretty much seen how we live and they want to live the same way. But the, the mentality of their people, of these people, the Iraqi people, different, differs from the mentality of the Americans. The, the Constitution of America had worked perfect for the American people. It will not work for any other people unless they, they pretty much become or understand what are we doing and follow through with it. However, they need to follow their laws. They need to respect the law. They need to, to, to live with one another and, 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 and peace and harmony and loving and, 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 and things like that, what brings them together. And once they are together, then we will see growth happening. You know? and, and we're not keeping them divided. We want them to come together. We want them to unite. We're teaching them. We're educating them. We're showing them the right way. We're, we're actually showing them how to put a bridge together with a lot shorter time than they did in the past. Um, we're, we're trying to help, but how, how far, if you're trying to help someone and that someone is not willing to learn or is afraid to learn or doesn't want to learn, how are we going to be able to teach them? So it takes a long time. You've been to Iraq again yes. uh, in the last year. Right. Um, how was it to you? How did you find it? Uh, it was good. It, it, uh, unfortunately, Iraq had changed a lot. Um, 
when I left and then I went back totally, a few generations had grew. And since the liberation since 2003, uh, people, be, some of the people, well, I, I cannot say exactly the percentage of them, but few people, they thought that they can survive through cunning other people, uh, through cheating other people. A lot of things that happened, David, in Iraq that we don't speak about. For example, uh, there was no law in Iraq. Every man was to himself. So if I have to kill someone, I would go and kill him. No, what period are you talking about? We're talking now? about since 2003 to 2005, within that time, until the government was, was, was formed and put together. Now there's law. Because you, you, you and sorry to interrupt, sure. but you had mentioned a constitution that was similar in its makeup to the one that we have here, mm -hmm. but surely that did not play out during the Saddam years. Because Saddam did not exercise it the right way. It did not do exactly what the constitution is. See, Saddam is a one-man person. He's a leader, and if you don't listen to him, you're dead. It's that simple. That's what dicta dictatorships are all about. Uh, if you don't listen to me, you're against me, and there is a chance that you will be against me and you raise other people against me. Therefore, if I eliminate you, I have eliminated a problem. And these problems uh, that he thought there were problems, they were from, from, from his own people, uh, his relatives, you know, things like that. So this man was not trustworthy. He was a dictatorship, wanted to enforce his agendas on people. He was the most powerful man that lived in Iraq. Um, it's not easy to go against that individual. Did people try to kill him, assassinate him? They were never successful. So therefore, he was untouchable to the Iraqi people. Uh, the fear, uh, David, that even between you and yourself, you were not allowed to think against Saddam because of fear, you see. So that fear uh, is no longer there. Although people scream out and say, it was better for us to live under Saddam, but they're not comparing that with what we Americans are doing. What they're saying is, this government that we have are even worse corrupted than Saddam. That's what these people are, are, are screaming and hollering about, you see. They're not saying that America are not safe. They're not saying that uh, the, the American uh, coalition that were there, they're not speaking about us. They're speaking about that the government of Iraq is not operating properly. The, the, the current government. The current government, absolutely. Because we see a lot of cries from people. Now they have freedom of speech. They're speaking. They can speak. But it takes long time. When one person only shouts, it can only go a certain distance. But when you put a whole neighborhood together, then the shout will make a difference. Now, uh, there have been, for example, uh, um, um, you can elect your president, you see. So when enough people get together and, they, and the right man comes in and they would elect him, who knows when that's going to happen. It could be with this term of, of election. We have no idea. You have to ask the question, whose responsibility is it to ensure that that political system stands up and works correctly? In this case, is it the coalition forces, or now yeah. have we reached the point where it, it has to be handed over to them to take care well, of it? Well, we don't think it's safe to hand it into their hands right now, number one. Number two, uh, yes, it is our responsibility by no choice. Now, due to the fact that it's our responsibilities and there is a formed government there, they're not listening to what we're saying, you see? So what are we going to do? Get rid of this and bring another one and we go back to square one. Or we work with this one and we teach them properly. 
And, and that's where we're standing, where we want to do. And, and, and believe it or not, uh, David, we're doing good there. It's just it's, the, the process is slow. It has to be slow. The big question is at what cost to Western nations? It's costing us arm in the leg. It's costing us a lot of things. It's costing us a lot of, I mean, um, let me put it to you this way. If one soldier dies, how much cost, how much price we can put onto that? There's a life, and it's priceless. Is it worth it? That question is best to be asked uh, to these soldiers who had gave their life for, for the purpose that they had. I don't think they simply believe that they're following only orders of their chief in command, of their, of their government. But they believe something inside them that they can make it different. And we will make it different. We just need to be a bit more patient. Um, you remember the North and South of America. A lot of people died, but yet look at America today. Um, the wars in France, a lot of people died, but look at France today. There is, when, when you're changing a whole regime, it takes a long time and a lot of people die. Uh, it's going to cost a lot, and it's hurting us right now because we have our own internal problems. We have our own internal difficulties with, with what we have today in America, how much we can help. So that's why I'm, I'm pretty much asking the Iraqi people to pull together, to stay together, to love one another, to care for one another, and help us. They're not the only people who are suffering. We are also suffering. Economy is hurting us as well. And we want to pull out. We want to help them before we pull out. Because if we pull out right now, it would be a big mistake ever made. And I don't think our intelligence will do that. Can I go back to your parents? Sure. Particularly your mother. You, mm. When you left, uh, you clearly uh, were charged with looking after your mother and right. your sisters and brothers. Right. Um, what was the effect upon your mother at leaving her home country? Well, it was, uh, what happened was this. The, 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 the plan was mom would leave me and my second brother in Italy and will take my third and fourth brother and two sisters back. Four children will go back with her. But when we went to Italy, my mom, of course, uh, being older, uh, full of wisdom, uh, understood that we will not survive in Italy on our own. We were under 18. Um, drugs, gangs, um, alcohol, just like any other countries. I'm not putting Italy down. Italy is a beautiful country. It's a wonderful country, but it has its downsides as well, just like any other country in the world. So mom stuck around with us by force to take care of her children. I believe she made the right choice because I would have done the exact same thing as she did. I would not leave my children in harm's way and then go back, you see. And that was an agreement between her and my father. So when my father heard that mom is staying, she cannot leave us alone, my father agreed with that. So it was, it was very hard for her to make that decision, but it was make a decision between my children, my family, or my other family, my relatives that they're in Iraq. Do I love Iraq more than my children? You see, if I take my children back in Iraq, my son would be gone to a war between Iran and Iraq, and my second son would, would join them shortly, since I'm only a, a year and nine months older than him, so we're pretty much twins, you know, then her children would probably get killed. So she chose life. So from that perspective, from, from that view, it wasn't hard for mother. But then again, when you leave home, you're leaving home, and there's nothing like home. 
Exactamente. What it, it must have been extraordinary circumstances, and the reason that I've returned to this mm. is I'm trying to ascertain here if the circumstances there today are possibly as bad as they were then in many ways that possibly we don't even know. Um, right now, as we view Iraq, uh, it, Iraq had a system then, even though the system was not 100% good, but it was a system. Today, there is no system in Iraq. Today, there is corruption everywhere. At that time, uh, early 80s, um, even during the war between Iran and Iraq, uh, the government was already formed. You see, there was a law, and people respected that law. Today, there is no laws. Everyone is to themselves. Well, uh, is that surely not flying in the face of what we're trying to, to accomplish over there? Well, it's not our fault. People have to realize that it's not the Americans' fault or the, uh, the American government's fault or the army's fault. It's not our fault from that sense. We went there with the mission and we're still on that mission. But the problem is when the people of Iraq, they do not want to, to learn, when they do not want to wake up. Uh, they thought that they were in safe haven. Now, if they were in safe haven, why did they call out to us to go and liberate them? Many people don't think that we were called to Iraq to liberate them. Many people think that we uh, went over to take over Iraq. If this was a war, this war would have been done in one hour. I'm sure America could took over Iraq and would have been taken care of. Now, if we use force with Iraq, we can. But what good are we doing? Yes, but to essentially not to simplify this or, or uh, make this as a derogatory comment, uh -huh. But is it safe to say that it's in worse shape today than it was in 2000? As of right now, they are absolutely okay. And, and what what is it going to take to 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 uh, change that 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 role that we not only have as a caretaker, but more importantly, the role of the Iraqi people? What mm -hmm. has to change their mindsets here? Mm -hmm. Are they are they uh, satisfied to sit? on their hands and wait without uh, making any strong, decisive action? Well, it's easy for me to say time will heal everything. But when you live in it, that's not so. Iraqi people has to get educated in, in the sense that there are terrorists among us and we need to clean them out. We need to help out in cleaning them out. We need to turn them in to, to, to the authorities. You see, we need to respect the authorities. And it's only a four-year term with the authorities. We can always go back and elect another president. But as of right now, we have this individual, and let us respect his authority. But the main thing is we need to work. And if I'm speaking as if I'm an Iraqi person living in Iraq right now. I need to work with other Iraqi people to really uh, bring peace in Iraq. The Iraqi people are able to bring peace to them, to their land. Yes, but if you have so many factions all fighting against each other, right? how are you going to put that into effect unless you possibly consider segregation in that country? Well, again, awakening must happen. Do I want to choose life or do I want to choose death? If I want to choose life, then I must work 
If I'm a Sunni Muslim, I must work with the Shiite Muslim. If I'm a Shiite Muslim, I must work with the Assyrians or with the Christians of Iraq. If I'm a Christian, I must work with the Kurdish people, and on and on. But but is there evidence in the past that, but by learning from history thus far, that that has ever been achieved? Um, again, it's very hard to say because at the time of Saddam, he controlled everything by force and through dictatorship. You see, so force worked, but is it good? No, we could use force and it will work for us. It will definitely work and we will make a better Iraq through force, but we do not want that. We want people to make that decision, not us. You see, not, not the Amer because once we impose things on them, then we're ordering them to do something, then we become as dictators as Saddam Hussein was. So now they're to square one, they're under fear, they're in fear. You know, um, I witnessed myself that Iraqi people are killing other Iraqi people on the first hand. They're putting bombs. They're using little children to put own bombs on the street to kill Americans. Not only Americans kill their own people. You know, uh, they go into a coffee shop and they a guy with with explosive wrapped up around him and explode himself. Well, there, there, but there must be some rationale for that. I mean, why? Well, it's we, time. We, we all ask, why are they doing that? Because this is their chance. This is their time. There is no law. I can do it now. So I can do it and get away with it. You see, to the point, David. Yes, but, but what is it serving, James? I mean, what exactly is it serving, harming other human beings? A destruction of Iraq. That's what's serving. It's not serving Iraq in a positive way, none whatsoever. And that's what I am with you in that thought. Why are they doing this? Now is their chance. They can make it different. Now is the moment. Now, if they do not want to do it, uh, how can we make them do it? So we're waiting for a, a generation to understand what's happening. You see, and the young generation are realizing that they do not want to fight anymore. They're sick and tired of killing, uh, um, you know, killing each other in general. I don't care if you're Shiite or if you're Sunni or if you're Christian. Just don't force yourself on me. You know, you're a Shiite, go to your mosque and you worship your God the way that you want. And if you're Sunnit, I believe in the same God as the Shiites uh, believe. And I go worship him this way. And if I'm a Christian, I believe in my own God. I'm going to go believe in and, and watch as long as I'm not forcing it on no one. So, so really the conclusion to this is that it, it is a religious battle? Within themselves, yes, I believe so. They think that. Um, I don't want to go into Islam and, and show you what their manual is. I mean, I'm a Christian. I, uh, I believe in the Bible. And there's no comparison between the Bible and the Quran. You see, there is none. Uh, you study the Quran and you can see so many good things in it. Absolutely. But then it, and the second hand is kill the non-believers whenever you see them. Chop their heads off and the tip of their fingers off their body. Um, do not take the Jews and the Christians as friends because they are friend of one another and if you befriend with them then you become just like them uh, and they're not clear they are not pure they are sinners they don't believe in God they ought to be killed and destroyed and that's what Islam that's what certain ayat in the Quran speaks about you know some people take these ayat as if it is the word of Allah they're, they're God and if we do it then we are following Allah and that's what Osama bin Laden is good at. That's why he is on top of the list as the most wanted person in the world. He started this corruption. For example, he didn't start it, it started way before him. But he believes wholeheartedly that the Christians are, are to be el uh, eliminated, to be destroyed.
It it seems terribly difficult to me that we are talking about a religious war, really, that restricts a liberator in so many ways. I'm not sure how uh, a liberator such as ourselves look at look looks at this uh, strategy uh, with an analytical viewpoint. Right. Um, my goodness me, if you're talking about a religious battle, but I'm not quite sure where you would start with that. If you were a general or a soldier in the field. Well, if, if I'm a soldier in the field, I my number one priority is to love those people because we're there to help them. We're not there to destroy them. But at the same time, they are bad people. They are terrorists, and they need to be brought to justice. See? So. Well, James, you um, have had a great uh, life story. You mm-hmm. are now an American citizen. You, I understand, have a wonderful family yes, uh, in yes. Phoenix, Arizona. Today is actually my twin's birthday. They're 18 years old. Well, congratulations Thank to you. them. I Thank hope you. that they Happy listen to birthday, this. Happy birthday, guys. What is it that you would like uh, in the last two minutes here to tell your people in Iraq? All I ask them is to um, pray, pray a lot, and be careful. Uh, Be wise as a serpent, but uh, loving kindness as a dove. Love one another, even if they are Muslims, love them. They are the creation of God. You, as a Christian, need to follow the moral laws of God, to love one another, to love God and one another. The scriptures, David says, and, and I'm going to put it in a nutshell. I'm not quoting it, but I'm going to put it in a nutshell. How can you hate your brother that you see and say that you love God that you don't see? See? So we must love one another. And once that's happening, and I hope to God that the Muslims will receive this message as well, to love one another as well. Not only my Assyrian Chaldean uh, brothers and sisters, but also my, my Muslims brothers and sisters through uh, humanity, you know to love one another, to respect one another, to really seek to make a difference in Iraq through loving kindness. You can be united, but if there is no love, that unity will be deteriorated in a moment. Can we hope for our future generations a peaceful Iraq? Absolutely. Absolutely. James Yunan, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. And to our listeners, we hope that you have enjoyed this program. If you would like information on this or any other program in this series, please visit davidgibbons.org. We also have a blog that you can uh, provide feedback and comments, and I'm sure that our guests will be pleased to, to respond to any of those questions. Meanwhile, wherever you are in this world, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. David Gibbons in Discussion welcomes listeners' comments and viewpoints at its blog at davidgibbons.org. This programming is supported by organizations and firms in the private and public sectors.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.